0: Yes, this always seemed out of place. Why is (music) that? So this week parsha Kitavo. And before we start, I'll just remind our viewers what we've discussed last year. Last year we discussed the very important idea of happiness of Simcha. We asked, why is it so important to have Simcha? Why is this the reason that Amisrael will be going to Galus, as mentioned in the Tuchakha in this week Parsha? We'll link that video at the end of this video. Make sure you take a look. And as always, if you like this video, feel free to comment, feel free to like it, share it around. And of course, if you haven't yet subscribed to our channel, please consider subscribing and help us grow it. Now, this week, I want to discuss the beginning of the Parsha, which, when reading those psukim, you get this bell in your ear saying, Oh my gosh, I know these psukim from somewhere. Because the psukim in the beginning of this week's Parsha and mitzvahs bikurim are actually the psukim that we say every Saturday night on Pesach. It's the core of the Haggadah, as the Gemara says. And first of all, since we haven't had mitzvah bikurim for many, many, many generations since the base of Mikdash, we are mostly familiar with these psukim through Leila Seder. And one has to ask, What's the connection between the two? How did these psukim end up being the main part of Leila Seder, the main part of the Haggadah? especially according to the Gemara. But even more so, looking at this week's Parsha and understanding how important these Psukim are, these Psukim summarizing the story of Mishra and Galus Mitzrayim and coming to Yisrael, you have to ask why dafka? why on the mitzvah of Bikurim does the Jewish person have to stand there, stop what he's doing and say these psukim, say these words in Beis Amigdash. I can think about many other occasions in life where it's important for a person to stop and realize where he is. For example, in a wedding or even a Bar Mitzvah. We don't say these psukim when a kid becomes Bar Mitzvah. Or when you get married, those are two very important times in a person's life, which one would think is a good time to stop and say thank you to and kind of recap how I got here and thanking Gadigusbroku for being you here. But no, we say this in mitzvah's bikurim. So, what's so important about mitzvah's bikurim that in this mitzvah, a Jewish person has to come stop, stand, and say these psukim and recognize the Jewish history and everything Agatusbroku has done for us in this point of time.
1: Very interesting. Because as you said, Bikurim seems like just a small Event, just a minor mitzvah, like we say a bracha on our fruit today. We do meizrus. You're supposed to go to the biddash and bring the first fruit. Really, how did this dramatic speech become the center of mitzvah Bikurim? But maybe that's exactly the point. You know, there are some people who live their life as individuals, disconnected from a larger story, disconnected from their past, from their future. They're living their life. Many of us are like this. Life is full of challenges, full of tasks. We get very caught up in what we have to do now, both physically and spiritually even. But it's all tied to our daily struggles, to our day-to-day. And maybe that's what the Torah is trying to do here. You know, you go out to the field, you see the fruit, you're spending all your sweat on growing this. And just before you're going to finally eat what you've spent so much on growing, the Torah says, stop. Now I want you to really celebrate What? It's just first fruit. No, now take it. And you're going to have a whole celebration. Or you're going to go to the Mikdash and you're going to come to the Mikdash. And what are you going to do? You're not going to Come and say thank you for the fruit. No, no, no. We're talking about something much greater than the fruit. In front of you, all you see is that one fruit. But if you look deeper, you'll recognize that that fruit is just the end of a much bigger story, of a much bigger story of your life, of a much bigger story of Am Yisrael's life. That fruit is growing on a tree in your home, in Eretz Yisrael, that you've come to after a long journey, after years in the desert, after being taken out of Mitzrayim, after all the miracles. Don't don't just see that food. Look at the context. Zoom out for a minute. Dafka, because it's such a small daily task, I'm just doing my work, I'm doing my parnasa. that's why I want you to stop and zoom out. Zoom out and recognize that your life is not just some random dot, unconnected to the past, unconnected to the future. Every moment in your life is connected to something greater, is connected to a bigger story. So we take that small moment and stop and say, let's look at that. Let's look how we got here. Let's zoom out and zoom back and rewind in time and take us through every step of that journey, how we went and where we went and what we went through and how we got to. And when you look again at that route after going through that journey, you're going to see it entirely different. You're going to appreciate not just the fruit, not just the small present you got. You're going to see yourself as part of a bigger story. You're going to appreciate what HaKadosh Baruch did to you, not only as an individual, but as a nation. It changes your entire perspective of some small little task in our life. That's why we do it then. At the wedding, as you said, at the bar mitzvah, we're anyways recognizing, okay, this is a moment. We stop, it's a dramatic moment. We look at our past, we look at our future. We don't need that then. We need it in the small task. We need it in the bikurim, in our parnasa, in these little daily things which sort of lose context. It's bringing that context back. Maybe this also answers your first question. Why are these the sukin that are at the center of the Haggadah? Maybe as we say in the Haggadah, we need to experience the Haggadah. Leila said there is not only about just telling some story of the past. We need to feel as if we went out of Mitzrayim. All of Leila said there is not about just remembering the story of the past. It's about feeling part of it. It's about standing today and feeling that I'm standing on the shoulders of all of Jewish history. That I myself went out of Mitzrayim and went through everything Amisrah went through and got to where I Got to. That's why these psukim are the model. We have many psukim that describe Mitzrayim, that describe the miracles in Mitzrayim, but these psukim are different. These psukim are said by someone who wasn't in Mitzrayim. He's in Israel, he's working the land, but he goes to the Midash and describes in first person. He describes his suffering in Mitzrayim. He wasn't in Mitzrayim. What is he talking about? But that's exactly what he's doing. He's putting himself on the shoulders of history. He's connecting himself to the chain, he's making himself part of that story and therefore he personally went through Mitzrayim and he personally therefore he's our model for Leila Seder and as we said it's not only about Leila Seder which is the event where we're supposed to have that extra focus, it's actually taking that into the small daily tasks. Don't just get lost in the details, look at that detail, look at that small event and see it in the larger context. It'll change the way you see life, but it also change the way you thank Akadosh Baruch Hu because you're not thanking Akadosh Baruch Hu anymore just for some small fruit. You're thanking Akadosh Baruch Hu for everything, for bringing you to this point. This is something that's hard to do, hard to really stop and, and look at the context of things because life is so busy. But I think if we stop and do so sometimes in our life, we recognize how powerful, how much it changes our perspective on our life.
0: Exactly, and I think it's also worth really emphasizing that point that it's not only about recognizing that it might be a small, minor event that is linked to a great history behind it. However, it is some kind of a win. It is what we call a small victory in life. Let's not forget this person, this farmer has been working hard the entire winter, the entire season in order to get these fruits out, right? It's not the sukkah, chagasif, when you collect everything, when you harvest everything and bring everything in, but it is the first fruits. And even though many times the first fruits aren't the prettiest ones and aren't the juiciest ones, they're still the first ones there. And the ones that show the signs that your effort that you put into the work that you have done is actually showing fruits is actually bearing fruits was actually worthwhile and was actually worth it and that is what we call a small victory as we've mentioned several times in the past that these small victories in life are super important especially because the day-to-day life is so overwhelming is sometimes so demanding and even in the past few years maybe even depressing that we need these small awakenings we need these small times to awaken us up and remind us and show us that things do go well and sometimes we need this extra push to recognize small events and tell us hey it's not an ordinary event it is a victory and you should celebrate it you should lift it up and let it uplift you too and then with that remember the great history and add in more motivation into that and let that slowly slowly burn in you to get you more excited and as we've discussed last year about happiness you just have to ignite it and then it grows even bigger from there and also it's not only about creating the first fruit to be as a farmer that worked hard but it's also about the connection to the land of course like if cook says in and i there's something very unique about being a farmer about working the land your own land in your home where you live as opposed to having a work a job that requires you to go out of your land to go other places to go distance places to go to other cultures where when you go to other places when you mix with other cultures we know sometimes you absorb from those cultures and sometimes even you change a little bit because of those places you go to because of those experiences you experience however the farmer that deals with his land that deals with his home is always absorbing the culture and life around him in his home and he gets even more attached to his home, again, not only to the land literally, but also to his culture, to his home, to his tradition, to who he is, to what he's supposed to be. So that is another aspect that Mitzvah Bikulim has that shouldn't go overlooked. The idea that we are connected to a land, but it's not only about technically the land. It's about our culture. It's about who we are. It's about our tradition. And that's the idea of Mitzvah Bikulim bringing that in, adding that aspect in of connecting to our history, connecting to who we are. And it's also actually beautiful and interesting to see. If you walk around, you see the amount of shiurim about Shemitah that are going on, preparing for next year, preparing for the Shemitah year, even though most of us aren't farmers and we don't really deal with lands. And how many of us already have gardens? How many of us actually grow plants in our homes? But still, everybody wants to learn. Everybody wants this connection to the land, to the tradition. And this is what the Mitzvah of Bikurim that, unfortunately, we don't have because we don't have a base of Migdash. But this is what the Mitzvah of Bikurim does and has with it. It's not only about bringing that little fruit, but it's about making a whole festival, a whole experience out of those small victories, out of those
1: first victories in life and reminding us that we are part of a greater tradition and a greater story. You know, it's interesting that this story comes right after the end of last parsha, the story of Amalek, where we have the mitzvah of Zahor. We need to remember Amalek, which is a very interesting mitzvah. We're told to remember Amalek, and on the other hand, we're supposed to limcha, to go against, to erase their memory in a certain sense. It's like we do Ampurim. We say haman, but then we make a lot of noise. And if we didn't hear the haman, we make sure to say it again. Do we want to remember or do we not want to remember? what's going on. But I think in context of what we just said, this is clear. Sometimes we need an Amalek. Sometimes Am Yisrael needs an enemy to remind them who we are. We need that contrast. We need sometimes the Amalek who comes and bites and sees things that we don't always see because we're already feeling relaxed, as the Pasuk says, when we come to our land and everything's okay, that's when we need Amalek. That's when we're gonna have to deal with Amalek. But do we actually have to physically fight Amalek? Well, that depends on us. If I have no historical context, if I forget my past and I'm totally lost, yeah, I may have to deal with the real Amalek to really wake me up. But if I remember, if I'm able to connect, I'm able to connect to my past, then just like I went through Mitzrayim, I went through Amalek. It's live, I feel it, I remember it. And therefore, just like in real time, I was fighting against Amalek, also in my memory, I bring back that memory. It's something that I went through, I bring it up and then I go against it. And by going against it, it means I do the opposite. They want to pull me one way, I go the other way, I bring out my uniqueness as a Jew. And I think these both connect to that same idea. Are we going to go into Eretz Israel where everything's going to be fine and good and just forget everything and just be some individual somewhere in my own land, disconnected from everything? Or am I part of a story, as you said? Am I continuing my past, my difficult past of Amalek, or my great past of the story of Mikrabi? When I remember Amalek and I read the story of Mikra Kareem, then I'm really part of a larger context. Then everything I do is another step, another chapter in that story. Wonderful. I love how you connected the end of last week's to the beginning of this week's parsha. really. As Dagmar
0: says, there's a reason behind this frame where we start with the bad that we had to go through and how wonderful life is now, but we're out of time. So we'll have to continue this talk in a different time. And as I mentioned in the beginning, we'll link last year's video right now. And we'll also link the video of where we discussed there too, the mitzvah of Bikurim. Why is it connected to Make sure you take a look and Shkoyach Yitzhi. Shkoyach Tuvya. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. And we'll talk again next week, last Shabbos of the year, mitzvah Shem. For more talking Torah videos on different topics, check out our YouTube channel.